Welcome to Solo Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your solo cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to the Solo Cleaning School podcast. Do you know it was just one year ago I had just returned from the Total Life Freedom Mastermind Retreat in Gatlinburg, Tennessee with my wife, Teresa. It was mid-October 2019. My arrogance and pride were exposed during that weekend to 20 other entrepreneurs from all around the country that were a part of TLF. They were my board of directors, keeping me accountable to my goals. I was faced with a difficult choice. After that weekend, do I go all in to rebuilding a brand new solo cleaning business in the Philly area? And was I courageous enough to share my weekly progress to you, the world, my podcast audience? Whew, that was a big decision. But if you've been listening to this show for any amount of time, you already know the answer. Yes! My update this week takes you behind the curtains as I met with these same entrepreneurs one year later in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Before I could leave, though, I had some calendar shuffling to do as the retreat was Wednesday to Friday, and I had houses scheduled that Thursday and Friday. So here's what I did. Are you ready? I played Calendar Tetris. I moved my Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday houses to fit on Monday and Tuesday of that week. Now, one of them ended up canceling me altogether for the week, which happens, and you just have to deal with that. I do my best to try and fit that in. And another one of the five, I showed up at a house a different day, and we had planned this, and she forgot I was coming. And so that was my fault for not checking in before I showed up as a backup. And so we ended up scheduling that for the week after I got back. So here's what my week looked like going into Pittsburgh. Cleaned offices all day Saturday, all day Sunday. Ran the calls for my membership groups from home Monday morning, followed by cleaning a house in the afternoon. Then I cleaned two houses on Tuesday, drove to Pittsburgh at 4 a.m. Wednesday, arrived at 9 o'clock, sat in mastermind brainstorming, fixing our businesses mode meetings all day Wednesday into the night for dinner and hanging out afterward all day Thursday, all day Friday, drove back at 6 p.m. on Friday, got back home about 11.30, slept a couple hours, went to work with my daughter to clean seven offices on Saturday and Sunday. Monday, I had more calls to run. Tuesday, I cleaned the house. And then Tuesday afternoon, I sat on my couch and went, (gasps) Oh my goodness, this is awesome to finally sit down on the couch. So, the question is, Ken, are you out of your gorge? Why would you do that? It sounds like a crazy thing to do. Was it worth it? Oh, yes it was. It was totally worth it. The Pittsburgh Total Life Freedom Retreat was incredible. 
Let me just tell you about some of the things that we did. And then I have some lessons. I'm going to go into just some things that I walked away with. But here's how it started. Wednesday was a VIP. So of the 20 people that showed up for Thursday and Friday's regular sessions, I was invited in to the VIP, which only had seven of us. We had the entire day to hang out in this facility. I mean, it was called Left Field Meetings, right next to the ballpark in Pittsburgh. It's a beautiful city, by the way, if you have not been to Pittsburgh. But left field venues or left field meetings, we had a room upstairs. It was a large room. I mean, it was a fully stocked kitchen, had a gigantic roof deck overlooking the stadium. There was a ping pong table, a billiards table, some couches, a conference table, big pull-down screen, the windows. I mean, it was it was pretty big, really big, and it was really, really cool. And so all day Wednesday, it was VIP meetings with seven of us to really dig in and brainstorm and mastermind on each of our businesses. And what's so crazy is that as much as we wanted to talk about business, we spent the majority of that first day talking about family and relationships and why are we building the businesses we're building and by digging into that stuff we really got to know each other much better at a much deeper level and it helped us connect better as friends which in the long haul over the course of the week the better you're connected with people the more you want to help them and the more you want to help them the better advice you tend to give them in a business setting and so we really were able to give and receive some phenomenal advice throughout the three days we were there. And then after the VIP session was over, we went out to dinner, and that's where hanging out with them and mind-blowing conversations and figuring out collaboration ideas and well, what's working with your podcast and what about your group that you're running and what about your business. And for me, I'm the cleaner, but I do other things, obviously. So I was there for multiple reasons. Thursday and Friday, it was different. It was the conference table was fully filled up with 20 people. And we did sessions like come up with ways for developing recurring income in your business. We also did some general mastermind time. There was questions from individual business owners. Well, what about this? Here's a problem I'm facing. Here's an idea that I have. At one point, I was able to get up on the whiteboard with my good friend Courtney Wisely from Rescue My Maid Service, a collaborator in the cleaning industry, the two of us, we plan on dominating. <laughs> she teaches automation. I teach as far as outside of solo cleaning. I help people set SMART goals and hold them accountable and join what's called the 1% Club. And it's so needed in larger cleaning services. They get so discombobulated with all these different training programs. Well, what do I do? How do I do it? When do I do it? Let's put some structure. Let's put some goals. Let's get some accountability. So it's like I'm setting the foundation and Courtney is building out all the sticks and the framing of the house. And then the cleaning company owner fills it with all the decorations. So that's a lot of fun. And the two of us were mapping out how the two of us can collaborate with the different groups that we're currently running and the different businesses. And how can we intersect like a Venn diagram and have the people that I'm serving get served greater by having Courtney in their life? And how can the people that Courtney's serving get served greater by having Ken in their life? So it was a wonderful opportunity for the two of us to draw stuff on the board, map it out on this 
big whiteboard and then 18 other people around the table just tossing their ideas out. It was invigorating. And then we had the dinners each night and eventually I left and I had a, I had a pile of things to do. Just all these things I wanted to incorporate into my business and there'll be future podcast episodes of some of the things I took away, but definitely wanted to redesign my cleaning company website. I wanted to redo my podcast website. I want to implement more automation tools. I want to be able to reach out to more people. There's just so many things, and I have different ways I can add income streams to the businesses that I'm running. I just walked away so excited. That was Pittsburgh. But before I leave Pittsburgh, I've got to tell you about the title of this episode, $10,000 Watches. One of those 20 people has become a new friend of mine, Mr. Nick Adams from Nick Adams Photography out of Sanibel Island, Florida. By the way, he has like one of the best places to live on the planet. It is gorgeous in Sanibel and Captiva Island on the Gulf Coast of Florida. He did something during the pandemic, which is incredible. I did an episode called Finding Opportunities during the pandemic of different people and how they're at home in a lockdown, but they're not just binging Netflix. They're coming up with ways to serve their community. And these people, six months later, have brand new businesses Nick is an example of this. Here's what he did. He's in lockdown. He heard people saying, oh, nothing's open here and the beaches are closed and no one's on the beaches and no one's in the restaurants. And and he just said, well, that's not true. I've seen people on the beaches. So he got his drone. He's a professional photographer. He knows how to use a drone, really good quality one. And he starts doing some drone video of beaches. And then he flies over clock towers and libraries and historical buildings. And during these videos, he starts narrating over top of these videos. Oh, here's this particular clock tower in 1955 was struck by light. Oh, that's the wrong one. Sorry, Nick, that's Back to the Future. Sorry, but there was different places that he was highlighting and he posted those videos on Facebook and you know what they went viral people found them and were loving his videos so he kept making them and making them and over the course of a few months Nick developed an audience of people that look to him as the local travel guide expert so now Nick is in the process of building out an online travel guide for Captiva and Sanibel Islands. Okay, here's the coolest part. He's a photographer, and he's now doing a travel guide online, and he's going to be charging businesses advertising because they see the amount of eyeballs his videos had created, and now he's taking this online. He can charge people advertising dollars to advertise their business in his travel guide for Sanibel and Captiva Island. It's brilliant. I heard that story a few months ago, And I'm like, I need to find this guy, Nick Adams, when I go to Pittsburgh and connect with him. And Nick, you did not let me down. You absolutely blew my mind with the conversation we had. I believe it was Thursday night. We're out at dinner and you shared your hobby and your passion for watches. Now, I never knew any of this stuff, but here's the story that Nick told me. And I wasn't even asking about watches. We were talking about niching and how we can do some really cool marketing ideas for each of our businesses. I heard about this travel guide. I told him some of the things I was doing. 
Here's what he said to me. He said, I love watches. I mean, he had the super cool watch on, and he says, you know, I have my watch in a safe at home. I said, Nick, what do you mean you have your watch in a safe? I'm thinking, well, I don't even have a watch. And when I did, it was like a $9 Timex, and so I didn't need to put it in a safe. And he says, oh, yeah, mine's an investment. I said, come again? He says, oh, yeah. Do you know that there are some watches that are over $10,000? And he says, yeah, I have one of these. And it's gone up in value since I've bought it. So I keep it in a safe. I said, I had no idea that there was $10,000 watches. He said, well, Ken, did you know there's $100,000 watches? I said, hold on. You are really pushing the boundaries of Ken's belief level here. He said, oh, I've got more for you. Check out this story. He told me about this Rolex watch. I could not believe it. There's a name for it. I can't think of the name right now. But he says the face of the watch is encrusted with emeralds, but each emerald is hand-selected by color. And so the first emerald that's at the 12 is darkest, and then it gets transitionally lighter as it gets around back to the 12. And so it's a rainbow of emeralds. Now this is a nightmare to source, to find the exact right size, purity, and color of emerald to encrust into a single watch. Because of this, this watch is only made a couple times in a given year by Rolex. And this part that Nick told me really put me over the edge. If that watch wasn't enough to blow my mind, he said, Ken, there's a waiting list a mile long for people that want to pay $100,000 plus for that watch. And then he said this, Ken, Someone that purchased that watch in a previous year, it recently sold at auction for $300,000. I'm like, Nick, who buys $300 watches? His answer was, Ken, people that can afford them. Oh, I guess you're right. But then he dropped the hammer and then he took my mind blown status to the next level. I want you to listen closely or you'll miss it. Here's what Nick said to me. Ken, I'm a photographer, but I love watches. I love to study them, research them. It's my hobby. Some are into guns. Some are into coin collecting, baseball cards. Some are into cars. I love watches. It's my hobby and it's my investment. I was looking for other people locally, like-minded, that were also lovers of watchers. And I found none. So here's what I did. I started one. I posted the meeting online and went to a restaurant. A few local businessmen joined me at the restaurant the first night. They had their watches in cases, some in portable vaults. I'm like, Nick, hold on a second. Portable vaults? I said, are these the guys at the $10,000, $50,000 watch level? He just nodded his head and for me to keep listening. He said, Ken... These guys, as I found out, are A players and business and real estate elites in the area. They also were looking for a meeting, a place to talk about the thing that they love, which is watches. This group has built up over time. I've built some great friendships in there because we all have something in common. Our tribe is that we all love investment watches. 
it was not meant to be a business networking group at all. We just talk watches. But recently, one of my new watch friends called me for a big photo shoot. He said to me, yeah, Nick, I needed to get some photography done. And of course, I was going to talk to my watch buddy. I mean, obviously, he's got good taste in watches. He must be a great photographer. And Nick said to me then, it dawned on me that I had a hobby that attracted the elite. And when I brought them together, they now include me in their circles. Here it comes. That was mind blown. Part three, I think. First, that there's a $10,000 watch and then a $300,000 watch and people buy them. And then what Nick built. If Nick wasn't already the most brilliant guy to build a stinking travel guide online as a new income source through the pandemic, now this guy also finds a way to get the top wealthy elite business owners into a group meeting with him because they all have something in common and now he's the go-to photographer for the wealthiest businessman in his area. This is so incredibly powerful. I do not want you to miss this. Am I saying, hey guys, go out and buy some watches and get in some meetings? No, I'm not saying that. But I am asking you and posing the question, as you optimize your solo cleaning business, you're going to want to start finding A players, really high-end clients. Why? Because they don't want to do cleaning. They want to delegate cleaning. They put a high value on cleaning because the value of their time is more. Do you understand? So where do those people hang out? What do they Do? Do they love community service? Are they in the Rotary Club? Are they in the watch meeting? Are they doing food tours? I don't know what it is, but figure out what it is that you love doing that you think is super niched and become interesting and go connect with those people. You don't have to necessarily start the group, but go find one and be a part of the group. And don't sell on the cleaner. Just be you and be interested and be normal and get excited about your hobby. And you never know because this group of people over time can become an amazing referral source for your business. And the referrals will be very high-end clients. So I want to thank Nick Adams for that incredible story of $10,000 watches. And I want to encourage you to go make something happen and stop settling for the same old clients that don't want to pay your prices. Go find the ones that do. Have an awesome day. Thank you for listening to Solo Cleaning School. Class is dismissed.